Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. We are fine here in Beloit. Um, and all is well because God is on his throne. It sure doesn't look like it, but it didn't look like he was on his throne when he was on the cross, but he was. He was holding the whole world together, not only from the cross, but as a newborn infant from the manger. He never, ever ceased being God. Uh, truly, um, yesterday, it's not available yet, but um, on a podcast called Sangreal, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L, I think, I need to double check that, um, uh, Paul uh, Teese was uh, interviewing myself and Bishop Strickland on the Annunciation, which is this March 25th, coming up very soon, Um And if there's one thing uh, that Bishop Strickland was emphasizing, it is the uh, hypostatic union, that God is, that Jesus is both man and both God. So he's man and God. He's not 50-50, he's 100-100. 100% man, 100% God. And I think Bishop Strickland tried to say it in in 20 different ways, but... Uh, what he also said is that there's no way truly to understand it. There's nowhere finite where the creature can the cup understand the potter who made it. it it's impossible to us for us to understand. Maybe on the other side of heaven, please God, uh, that we'll get there. Um, maybe our Lord will help us to understand that. But uh, I don't understand it. I believe it. It is absolutely true. I know it as I breathe. Um, if you don't believe that, you're not Catholic. Um, and if you don't believe that, actually, you're not Christian at all. Um, God is both, uh, our Lord is both man and God. 100% man. One. Um, uh, and someone has asked, it's a, it's a question um, on our uh, call screen, an email from, uh, from someone who uh, asked to explain the magisterium, um, and that is, um, it's actually a text uh, from someone who writes in anonymously, and he says, can you please explain the church's mag- magisterium in detail? Who or whom does it consist of? When or how was that determined, and what is its purpose? Thank you. Uh, now, I don't know if our dear um, a text writer is a Catholic or not, but it's a very good question. We should know our faith, beloved, and we're in very confusing times. That's a statement that's been made a million times or more. Dark times, confusing times, sinful times. And I think it's an important question. And I've mentioned recently that um, you are able to call in the entire hour now. You do not have to wait until the break. Um, uh, 
to call in, a break normally, the half hour break, but throughout the hour, uh, I'll give out the number toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Um, And I thought, uh, we want to continue in our book, This is the Faith, and we're actually on the chapter on faith. What is it? Um, uh, And Hebrews explains it. The writer to the Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, uh, I may have that backwards, but it's both. Uh, The assurance of what we hope for, the evidence of things not Unseen, And so we look for evidence now, but that's why we have hope, because all the evidence we do not have. We walk by faith and not by sight, but it's yet the assurance of things hoped for. We uh, hope for heaven. We hope there's a God, a good God, a holy God. We hope things will work out in the end. And so our hope uh, is... um, what we what the, the things that we long for, we hope for now. But when we're in heaven, please God, there'll be no more hope because faith will be made sight. And hope is for a time now until we reach eternity. That is for those who uh, love God and who are Catholic and who are baptized and who don't turn from him. Um, they rightly have a hope, a moral assurance that if they do not turn from God, they will be in heaven. Um, And again, the Catechism teaches that those who do not know the truths of the Catholic Church, who are uh, ignorant of them, um, not of their own fault, um, they don't willfully turn from God. As Jesus said to the Pharisees, "I, I came that you might have life, but you will not come to me that you might have life. You will not. And God knows the hearts of those who obstinately will not come to him. Uh, But those who do, or those who do not know the truths of the Catholic Church, but again, live up to the grace they have been given, whether a non-Catholic Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or an atheist, anyone, they, not that they will be saved, no, but they can be saved. That's for God to determine. There is no one who will enter heaven that says no to our Lord Jesus Christ. No one. could be on the deathbed. Uh, it could be at any time God reaches his heart. If he's toward God, if he's fulfilling the grace God has given him, he will say yes at that moment. There is no way uh, to God but through Christ. And there's no way to heaven, and there's no way to eternal life with God, but through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God, the Son of God, who became man for us men and for our salvation. And those who reject that will be in hell forever, will be in hell forever. There's no middle ground. Purgatory is a gift of God um, uh, on our way to heaven. Um, purgatory is for those only who are saved. That is, they are in a state of grace, um, not in a state of mortal sin, but in a state of grace. 
um, and they die in that state of grace, they are on their way to heaven, but there's and all their sins, if they die in a state of forgiven sin, that's the key, forgiven sin, then they are on their way to heaven and will serve a term in purgatory in order to um, expiate the punishment for the temporal effects of the sin. God is the only one who has paid the price for our separation, our sin, our fall from him. He was, He is the bridge um, to bring us back to God. And there's no other way to God but in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely no other way. Um, and so... Um, Actually, I just have a message that we have a Facebook question from Kelly, and this is Kelly's question, are Protestants going to heaven or only Catholics? Um, again, the Catechism teaches that those through, who through no fault of their own do not know the truths of the Catholic Church, but they live up to the grace God has given them. Not that they will be saved, but they can be saved. And that applies to every Protestant Jew, Muslim, everyone else. It applies most of all to Catholics. Catholics have more than anyone else on the face of the earth. You have more this side of heaven. You have the truth of salvation. You have the church our Lord established. You have all the sacraments, every means of grace. And if you, we, do not live up to the grace we have been given... We will not be saved. If we live up to that, we can be saved also. Not, it's not automatic salvation. Baptism, uh, the title Catholic, is not any ticket to heaven. No. We are God's people. And if we turn from that, just like the Jews of old did, not everyone, but in great part, like Catholics today, in great part have turned from God. And if you remain in that state, um, you will be in hell forever. To whom much is given, much is expected or required. And so um, I believe that a number of Protestants will be in heaven before a number of Catholics because they have lived up to the grace they've been given, baptized. If they're baptized and have lived up to the grace they've been given, I believe they will be saved. What if they're not baptized? I can't answer that. Uh, St. Augustine said, we are bound by the sacraments, but God is not. And so... Um, whoever lives up, fully lives up to the truth that they've been given can be saved. Um, not that they will be. Uh, we're not saved by asking Jesus into our heart. Um, God can do many, anything he wishes. I asked Jesus into my heart many years ago as an evangelical Protestant, and he truly changed my life. He truly changed my life. He didn't have to. He's under no obligation. There's no such verse in Scripture that says to ask Jesus into your heart. There's no such verse in Scripture. It is not the way of salvation. Baptism is. But God is, exists outside of baptism and can do what he wishes. But I wouldn't take that chance. Nor would I say, I'll come to him on my deathbed or or. And when I'm older, I want to have fun now. You may not live that long. So, no. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father 
but through me. And those are his words through the Bible the Catholic Church gave to the world, dear ones. There's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break to take your calls and your emails. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 17th. Today we celebrate St. Patrick. The exact years of birth and death for St. Patrick are uncertain. Stories about his chasing the snakes out of Ireland and using a shamrock to teach the mystery of the Trinity may be more myth than history. Still, Patrick is a beloved saint whose name is celebrated far beyond the Ireland he Christianized in the 5th century. He was a humble, self-educated man who achieved remarkable things against great odds. Growing up in what is now Britain, Patrick was kidnapped as a teenager and sold into slavery in Ireland. Forced to tend flocks for six years, he turned to God for consolation and underwent a profound conversion. After escaping and returning home, Patrick became convinced he was being called by God to go back to Ireland and walk among the people who had enslaved him. Returning as a priest eager to spread the gospel message, Patrick proved himself a skillful missionary. Using insights from his own struggles earlier in life, he preached in a way that had special meaning to a people who were downtrodden and commonly dismissed as barbarian. Patrick died around 493. The place where he is buried is unknown. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday mornings, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday mornings, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. If you've been listening to the break... Um, saint of the day, I'm so grateful for it because I didn't wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day and I didn't even think about it, believe that or not, huh? I'm in La La Land. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. And um, uh, you just heard the best from Saint of the Day, the best summary of St. Patrick that I could give you. So if you were listening, you heard that. And if you weren't, go to Saint of the Day and any day, you will have a very wonderful summary of um, of the saint of the day. <laughs> How's that? Am I, am I? Is that brilliant or what? <laughs> we have been talking about um, uh, really from this little text that I received, uh, f- sent in anonymously, <clears throat> asking, "Can you please explain the church's magisterium in detail?" Who or whom does it consist of? When or how was that determined? And what is its purpose? Thank you. And from that, I've been saying, first, you need to be Catholic. You need to die in a state of grace. And I think 
this is an uh, apropos question for our time um, because there's so much complete, just so much confusion in the church uh, on every single level. Um, and I think it's very important that we know our faith. Um, on our, my interview with Bishop Strickland, which is not yet out publicly, but it will be soon, uh, on Sangreal, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L, um, unless I have the A and the E backwards, um, um, Oh, I just lost. Uh, the, oh, someone went uh, uh, by um, Eric Sammons of Crisis Magazine. Crisis Point was interviewing uh, us, and he um, he asked the bishop, uh, "What about what about um, Catholics who are confused by the Holy Father's uh, messages?" Uh, you know he kind of speaks sometimes off the cuff. Uh, sometimes he speaks things that appear to contradict the faith. Uh, <clears throat> uh, sometimes he says things that just seem wrong or against the faith. What is a Catholic to believe? And Eric said to Bishop Strickland, what would you say to that Catholic? And Bishop Strickland, I think, gave the perfect answer. He said, pray for the Pope and know your faith. Know and live your faith. Pray for the Pope and know and live your faith. Um, I think, beloved, uh, Bishop Strickland's a, a thousand percent right. We could spend all our lives these days arguing not only politics and against what's going on. We need to be praying for the war in Ukraine. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, that God would withhold World War Three if it's possible. But we need to be living our faith. If we spend all our time um, trying to argue against or straighten out the confusion caused by uh, the hierarchy and other things, we're not going to live our faith. We need to live the faith once delivered to the saints. We'll never be safe fighting other people. We will only be safe and on the road to heaven with filled with the Holy Spirit knowing our faith and living it. We cannot live a faith that we do not know. And so that's why I want to take this this little text ex- asking us to explain the church's magisterium in detail and why I'm taking the time this morning to do that rather than continue our reading. So <clears throat> the church is comprised, many t- times people have related it to a three-legged stool. Um um, what, uh, scripture, tradition, and the magisterium. Scripture, which was given to the church by the church, by God through the apostles, through the writers of scripture, Old and New Testament. It is the word of God written by men who are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. It's true. The scripture first, tradition second. Uh, I read yesterday from Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen, where Apostle Paul exhorts Christians, the first Christians, to hold fast, hold fast to the traditions which capital T, not the traditions of men, but the traditions of God which He has taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter. 
orally or by letter. Oral uh, teaching is called tradition. It is the infallible teaching of the church, the same Holy Spirit who has kept the scriptures for 2,000 years uh, and more, uh, has kept the oral tradition of the church as well. Nowhere does the Bible say Trinity or purgatory or incarnation and other hypostatic union. Those words are not in scripture. That is the oral tradition of the church. Um, the church fathers and others who uh, concluded these things, that God is a trinity, a triunity, one in three persons. Uh, those words are not in the Bible, but they are in the, the truths of them are in the Bible. But to sum them up so we can talk to one another, we say, yes, God is a trinity. He's a triunity, three in one, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, it took brilliant minds to come to that, and yet we'll never fully understand this side of heaven. We are finite beings. Um, and so the magisterium is the teaching office of the church. And so um, we are asked if we could explain the church's magisterium in detail. And to do that, I have turned to an article by Jimmy Aiken at Catholic Answers. And he says the term magisterium is based on the Latin word for teacher, which is magister. Magisterium, magister, a teacher. And it is the teaching office of the church. I'm interjecting my comments here. <clears throat> In contemporary Catholic usage, it has several meanings. First, it refers to the teaching authority which Christ has given to the church. The church. To the church. Not to people, but to the church. To the faith once delivered to the saints and to those he established to be the magisterium, the teaching office of the church, uh, teaching all what he has taught them until the end of time. Um, here the term refers to the authority itself, magisterium. Teaching office refers here to the authority of the teaching office itself, not to those who exercise it. These are very important distinctions. That's why I'm glad our anonymous uh, emailer said in detail it refers to the teaching office itself, not to those who exercise it. That would say, I'm going to translate that, the Holy Father is not infallible. He is not free of sin. He is not impeccable. He is not free of error. But when he speaks from the chair, Bishop uh, Strickland explained that in our interview, when he speaks from the chair of Peter, ex cathedra ex means out of you exit a room a cathedra cathedral is the chair of a diocese when he speaks ex cathedra out of the chair of peter um, the holy spirit prevents him from speaking error so far um, throughout two thousand years of history dear ones um, that gift of infallibility that is spoken by the Pope, out of the chair of Peter, ex cathedra, has been used very, very few times. And not once in this pontificate. Not once since Pope Francis has been elected Pope. Uh, I know there are those who don't agree that he's even elected Pope. This is my stand. He's elected Pope. Um, 
but not once has he used the chair to proclaim a doctrine of faith and morals binding on us. That is when the gift of infallibility comes in. And again, it's not that God protects him, that he speaks only truth, that is the case, but it's a negative gift in that he protects the Holy Father from speaking what is error. If God binds anything on us through the church he established, he is going to protect it, that it's 100% true. Okay. Um, so, first, it means magisterium is, uh, means teacher. Um, and it refers to the teaching authority which Christ has given to the church. And it refers to the authority itself, not to those who exercise it. Don't get confused. Don't leave the church because the Pope uh, is speaking error or he's confusing or anything of that sort. It is the church. If you leave the church, you have left the church that our Lord has established. And the chapter 6 of Hebrews says, if you've once tasted um, what is true and you leave it, there is no longer any salvation for you. Now, many people have left the Catholic Church and they don't know what the Catholic Church is and they weren't raised Catholic and they were Catholic in name and you leave the church, that's another thing. But if you're Catholic and you believe it and you leave it, there is no salvation for you. Second, the term refers to those who exercise this teaching authority, in other words, to the Pope and the bishops teaching in union with him. Magisterium refers to the Pope and those bishops teaching in union with him. That is the teaching authority of the church. Nobody else. Collectively, the Pope and the bishops teaching in union with him are referred to as the magisterium, as in the magisterium has infallibly taught that God is a trinity. The magisterium has taught that. That's the Pope in union with bishops has taught something infallibly, and it must be faith and morals that is binding on the faithful. If the Pope says, take the vaccine, there's nothing of faith and morals in that. If he tells you to wear a mask, there's nothing of faith and morals in that. Um, if he, I can mention a number of other things that I won't, there's nothing of faith and morals. When he teaches something that we must believe on pain of a sin, um, mortal sin, then he is protected from error. <clears throat> and you don't have to worry that he'll ever do that. He won't. He will never do that. He will never teach anything of faith and morals that is incorrect and binded on us. How do you know that, Mother? Because it's Jesus who is building his church against the gates of hell will not, against which the gates of hell will not prevail. It's not up to a, a pope. It's not up to a magisterium. God will protect his church from binding on the sheep anything that is in error. Okay, we'll come back for the third term right after the break, beloved. And you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, dear ones. 
Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the stationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a full half hour to go, and you are welcome, not just this half hour, but from now on throughout the entire hour, to call in with anything on your heart, your mind, uh, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Uh, com. Uh, I mentioned an interview uh, with uh, Bishop Strickland that Paul Teese did on... He calls it Sangreal, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L. And um, I was tr- I'm was i trying to look it up to see where you could find it. The one we did yesterday is not quite up yet. It's pre-recorded. But um, the first one we did uh, is available. And um, Paul Teese, his last name is spelled T-H-I-E-S, T-H-I-E-S, but it's pronounced like peace, except with a T, teese, the H is not pronounced. And I don't see a website by the name of Sangriel, that's probably, I don't know where to find that, but um, uh, it is uh, uh, on the web, it's teeseofmind.com, so T-H-I-E-S, Teese of Mind, I think that's a brilliant, peace of mind, teese of mind, teese, T-H, um, I-E-S, 
of of mind m-i-n-d dot com teach t-h-i-e-s teach of mind dot com um uh and it's teach of mind communications where you might be able to go and find the first interview that um paul teach did with bishop strickland and myself and again we did the second yesterday um and that'll be up uh soon um and, and the reason I'm bringing that up today is because the um, um, so much of what we're speaking about, Bishop Strickland and I spoke about yesterday, the theme was actually the Annunciation. But um, in the Annunciation, it was a creature, Mary, who bore God. And lots of discussion on that. Um, and Paul uh, asked excellent questions of us. Um, and so... Um, Okay, let me just see here. Um, uh, let me see. Okay. Um, I just have a note here from our program uh, producer who says uh, that the first interview is on YouTube as well. Um, and it's, um, it's a long... It's a long um, URL, a long YouTube address, but you can go to YouTube, thank you James, you can go to YouTube and put in the word Sangreal, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L, just that word, go to YouTube, search Sangreal, and you'll see our first interview. Thanks for helping us, James. We're going to go back now to the um, text that we have, asking us to explain in detail the church's magisterium. And... um, uh, we, we mentioned that the, word, the term itself is uh, the Latin word magisterium for teacher, which is magister. It is the teaching office of the church. It refers to those who exercise this teaching authority, in other words, to the pope and the bishops teaching in union with him. And thirdly, um, uh, the term can refer to a particular body of teachings that have been authoritatively proclaimed um, uh, so we could say hum- humane vitae um, was not an infallible doctrine, uh, an infallible, um, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for, epistle, um, document, not infallible in itself, but it speaks of the church's infallible doctrine. So humane vitae belongs to the magisterium, the teaching office of St. Paul VI, I mean rather, um, yes, now St. Paul, Pope Paul VI, um, it belongs to his office and the um, the doctrine itself, the piece of paper, uh, scripture is infallible, that uh, uh, document is not infallible, but it's it writes uh, perfectly of the infallible teaching that's already in place of the magisterium. And so in, in addition to these three basic uses, one often encounters, now I'm reading this article by Jimmy Aiken on the uh, magisterium because our text, our texter wanted a, a full explanation in detail. And um, this is a wonderful article. In addition to these three basic uses, one often encounters related phrases. One of these is ordinary magisterium, and this refers to the ordinary teaching of the popes and bishops as they conduct their ministry. 
the ordinary magisterium. We should uh, be able to trust what the magisterium, the teacher office, teaches. If we hear something that doesn't sound right, then we need to be responsible and and check it out to see if it truly squares with the faith once delivered to the saints, which is why Bishop Strickland, when asked what happens if a pope speaks in error, what is a Catholic to do? And Bishop Strickland said two things. You ought to pray for the pope and know your faith. So you live the faith, not based on um, what a man says, even though that man is pope, if he's not speaking ex cathedra from the chair of Peter. You need to know your faith, and it's easy. Read the catechism. Read the catechism, and you will know your faith. We read the Catechism of Trent Explained. Not just the Catechism of Trent, but the Catechism of Trent Explained. It is an outstanding work. Outstanding. And it's a little bit on the format of the Baltimore Catechism. Uh, Question and answer only. The Baltimore Catechism is like this, and the Catechism Explained is that thick. But you can read our current Catechism. Nothing wrong with it. Um... Jimmy says here, however, sometimes they teach an especially, in an especially they, that is the magisterium, the ordinary magisterium, uh, the popes and bishops. Uh, however, sometimes they teach in an especially solemn way that is referred to as an act of the extraordinary magisterium. In the case of popes, this term, extraordinary magisterium, <clears throat> is reserved only for instances Again, when a pope infallibly defines a truth, all other instances of papal teaching are termed ordinary. The term extraordinary magisterium is also used for ecumenical councils. However, authors differ in the way they employ it. Some authors use extraordinary magisterium to refer to any teaching of an ecumenical council, while others use it only for instances where an ecumenical council infallibly defines something. So, um, the Vatican II, for example, uh, was, um, could be... uh, seen, it was certainly, um, I don't know if it was termed extraordinary magisterium, because it did not proclaim any new doctrine. It was not a teaching uh, council at all. Um, it, It served pastorally to bring the truths of the Catholic Church, not to determine that, not to change them, um, but the infallible truths of the Catholic Church in uh, up to date, so to speak, in, for the 21st century, 20th and 21st century, uh, and on, um, and made pastoral decisions of the part of the laity in particular, but not one single truth, infallible truth of the Catholic Church was changed in it, nor can it be. It's impossible. I am the truth, said Jesus, the way and the life. Truth is truth. It does not change. It does not change. Truth does not develop either. Our understanding of truth develops, such as the example of the Trinity, the triune nature of God, uh, uh, 
through the years, the councils have determined the triune nature of God, the dual natures of our Lord Jesus Christ, all of that. That's not new truth. That is uh, eternal truth understood by mortal beings. Um, So again, individual bishops are not capable of exercising the church's extraordinary magisterium because that needs to be uh, bishops in union with the Holy Father. All of their teachings, by necessity, belong to its ordinary magisterium. And if they're wrong, then they're wrong. And we don't have to fuss about it, except if we, not if we know our faith. Don't say, what this one says this, this bishop says this. Just go to the catechism. We're no longer children. Go to the catechism. We are in confusing and dangerous times. I know that. But we need to grow up into Christ. Those are Apostle Paul's words. Um, And we need to know our faith. And so if you hear one thing from one bishop, another thing from another bishop, maybe even a third thing from the Pope, just go to the catechism and you'll know the truth. We have that responsibility, dear ones. We are soldiers of Christ. Recently, Jimmy says, magisterial documents have begun to refer to the ordinary and universal magisterium of the church. This is a reference to the bishops of the world teaching in union with the Pope outside of an ecumenical council. The qualifier universal is added to indicate that the worldwide episcopate is involved, not just the teaching of individual bishops. while individual bishops are not capable of exercising the church's infallibility, that is, um, the, the gift of infallibility is only for the Holy Father when he speaks matters of faith and morals binding on us. He is prevented from error, so no damage is done to the sheep. So individual bishops are not capable of exercising the church's infallibility. That's a singular gift for the Pope, yet the ordinary and universal magisterium can do so in union with one another in the Holy Father. Thus, in 1994, St. John Paul II confirmed that the fact women cannot be ordained as priests had already been taught by the ordinary and universal magisterium. He didn't teach anything new. He didn't conclude that himself. That has always been taught by the church. A final term that should be mentioned, Jimmy says, is authentic magisterium. This can be misleading to English speakers because in our language, authentic generally means genuine as opposed to fake. However, the Latin word authenticum here means authoritative. So the authentic magisterium is the authoritative magisterium. A teaching thus belongs to the church's authentic magisterium if it has been authoritatively taught. That means it is binding on the faithful. Let me just uh, see if we have any... I have to go back to the screen to see. No, we have no further calls. So, all right, we're going to go continue with this article. Um, it's it's so important, dear ones. It's so important for our time today. <clears throat> a biblical basis for the church's teaching authority is found in the Great Commission, as it was given by Jesus. Quote, 
This is um, Matthew 28. Go, therefore, he said to his disciples, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them. He talks about baptizing us all. But go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All that I have commanded you, not your own teachings, but everything I commanded you. It's also reflected in the church's mission to be the pillar and bulwark of the truth in the world. First Timothy 3.15. There's our music for our final break, beloved. We'll be back um, and we'll continue with this. It's so important. We may not get through the article, but that's all right. It's so important. And if we don't get through the article, dear ones, um, you're welcome to go to catholic.com. Just type the word magisterium and you will get many articles on it. I think I'm reading the very first one by Jimmy Aiken. We'll be right back. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Prayer in time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are, What can we do without Thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, Thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in Thee. Amen. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the for more information Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes, and our lines are open. You're still welcome and always welcome throughout the entire hour now to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483. 
or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. We are answering one text that we received from someone who wrote in anonymously asking us to explain the church's magisterium in detail. And we are, we've, I've chosen from catholic.com a good article. Anything Jimmy Aiken writes is good. It's wonderful. Um, to explain all the elements of it in our 10 minutes. I won't go over what we've already said, but um, um, uh, I will um, uh, just continue where we left off. The magisterium can exercise its teaching authority in many ways, and, and, uh, and it typically does so in its official documents. Interviews with popes and bishops not being official church documents typically do not involve an exercise of the magisterium. Neither do books that popes and bishops publish as private individuals, such as the books that uh, Pope Benedict wrote or Cardinal Seurat. They're wonderful, but they're not... Um, infallible magisterium, though they often contain references to things that the church has authoritatively taught, and we can trust them. Um, When it does speak officially, the magisterium can exercise its authority in different degrees. At the low end, the magisterium may merely propose an idea for the consideration of the faithful without imposing it authoritatively. At the high end, the magisterium may infallibly teach a truth, binding the faithful to definitively believe or hold it. It can also exercise any degree of authority between these two levels. A particular mistake to be avoided is thinking that just because something has not been taught infallibly, it is optional. This is a very, very important point. I'm going to repeat this sentence. A particular mistake to be avoided is thinking that just because something has not been taught infallibly, it is optional. This is not the case, and the degree of authority with which the magisterium has taught must be recognized. When considering the authority that statements in magisterial documents have, one must make a careful assessment. The degree of authority becomes clear. Now we're quoting from uh, uh, Donum Veritatis from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Um, The degree of authority becomes clear from the nature of the documents, the insistence with which a teaching is repeated, and the very way in which it is expressed. And you could say, I don't know about that. How am I really supposed to know? And um, because we may not really be able to judge uh, ourselves that uh, there's a wonderful book, and I've completed Jimmy's article. There's a wonderful book um, called um, Fundamentals of Dogma. Fun, not Fundamentals of the Faith, which is also a wonderful book by Peter Kreft, but a Kreft, but Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, rather. Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma uh, by Ludwig Ott, O-T-T. Um, uh, that book, 
I cannot tell you how much that helped me into the church. That book has the whole teaching of the church's magisterium, the whole teaching on everything we are to believe about the whole faith. And in each article, Ludwig Ott has its degree of certainty, whether it's infallibly taught, uh, whether it's from the ordinary or extraordinary. He explains degree of certainty, and he attributes the degree to every point taught. Um, so again, if you're confused, which is this is an error uh, of confusion, the error, the uh, time in our world of enormous uh, confusion um, on every level, get Ludwig Ott's Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. I think Catholic uh, Answer sells at Catholic.com. You can go on any website uh, that sells books and, and you can get a copy. It's still in print. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, source to have um, in addition to the catechism. It is a catechism, but it gives with each point the degree of certainty. And that's it's very comforting to me to know um, the degree of certainty, the degree of infallibility of every doctrine of the faith. Um, so if you say, well, I'm Catholic, but as a couple said to me when I was on my way to the church, I, we're Catholic. They gave me my first rosary, in fact. We're Catholic, but um, don't worry about purgatory. The church doesn't teach that anymore. Well, they're ignorant Catholics, and if they teach against it, they are in grave sin because that is an infallible teaching of the church. It's not optional. That's um, part of the magisterium, part of the faith, once delivered to the saints. So, beloved, you say, how will I ever know the whole faith? Don't worry about that. Get the catechism. Again, the current catechism of the Catholic Church is fine. Um, if you want to go a little deeper into the faith, get the catechism of Trent explained um, by Reverend Spirago. It's outstanding. We got it because it was recommended highly by um, Father Chad Ripiger. It's what he uses and it's, uh, there's a few things missing since the Council of Trent that will be in the current uh, catechism, so I suggest you get both. But the catechism explained is um, an exquisite document, and I, I would highly recommend it. In addition to the Baltimore catechism and our current catechism, you don't have to know it all, but you need to know and teach your faith. How can you do that? You can do that by getting the book we're reading through called This is the Faith. It's online, you can get it on Kindle, you can order a copy um, and gather your family around the, the, the den at night, Papa, and, and read to them and talk through these things and read through the catechism. Take the current catechism and read through it. You can read through the, the Council of Trent Explained. It's not written for scholars, it's written for the faithful. All of them are written for the faithful. They're devotional. People say, well, I'm not a bishop. I'm not going to understand that. No, it's written um, by uh, the bishops for the sheep. It's our book. It's the book of our faith. And we need to know it. We need to read it. And you're not going to memorize the whole thing. But if you don't begin to read it, as you read, these things are solidified in your mind. And more than you'll ever know. You don't have to take a test. And you'll find that some in your family, maybe the younger ones, have a better memory than the older ones. Sometimes I'm here, I'm sitting with the sisters, and I want to think of something, and I absolutely, I said, what is that? And one of the younger sisters will come right out with it. 
because my memory is not what it used to be. So um, it, it, do it as a family. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit. Come together as a family every single night without fail. One half hour every single night. And read 15 minutes of the catechism and then pray the rosary together before a prayer table that you put together with a holy picture and, and uh, candles or however you want to do it. An area of the wall that you've made beautiful with holy pictures. Come together before that and pray the rosary as a family. So now you have your marching orders. Every night, one half hour after dinner, before bed, one half hour, the family comes together, and father, not mother, if, it's, if father is present, father needs to do this. And papa, if you're working late, stop working late. Come home from the office. God has given you a vocation. Your family comes first. Don't go to the gym instead of being home. Live out your vocation. The gym is fine, but not when you should be together with your family and teaching them the faith and praying together so those are the last thoughts your children and you have before you go to sleep. God bless you, beloved, and we'll be with you tomorrow. Love your family and learn our glorious Catholic faith. God bless you.